Galatians last week, and we uh, talked about how Paul says that Jesus is the highest being in heaven and in earth, that everything that was created was created by him, through him, and for him, and that you cannot get greater than Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the greatest revelation that you will ever experience in your life. And if you can say that that's true, can the church say amen? amen. And he's gonna build off of that thought. And we talked a little bit last week, the reason he's writing this letter, it looks like there was a false teacher or a group that had kinda slipped into the church and they were teaching some type of doctrine or some type of practice where angels were elevated above Jesus and that it had kind of gotten out of balance to where Jesus was kind of a sideshow to whatever this teaching was. And I want to pick up in Colossians 1:24 today. And he says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church of which I am a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. Everybody say, make the word of God fully known. He's saying, that's what I'm laboring for. I want to, to make the word of God fully known to you. And that now the mystery for all the ages and generations now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone. I want you to, to pay attention to this. Why am I doing all this? Why am I toiling for your sake? Why am I praying for you? so that I may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And he says in chapter two, he says, for I want you to know how great of a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all that have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery. I want you to see this. What, what is the knowledge of God's mystery? What's this mystery he's talking about? Right. Which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Does anybody here, aside from me, enjoy a good mystery? When I say mystery, it could be a novel, it could be uh, true crime. Right now, the last couple of years, I've been on this true crime podcast kick, and it is driving Danielle absolutely crazy. And something will come on the news, I'm like, oh, you know, that's a big twist in that true crime podcast I'm look, you know, talking about and been uh, reading about, and she'll ask me about certain characters, and she's like, now, who are they? Who did they kill? And, and it drives her crazy because she only gets in like bits and pieces, and I have to fill her in on, you know, the whole scope. Anybody listening, watching the Murdoch trial right now, am I the only one okay? But I, I love the, the, the mystery of it, like putting the pieces together and why did they do that? What was their motive? 
and, and all of the factors that come into play. But the, the greatest mystery in the history of the universe was this, Jesus Christ being born among men and saving a people, making a new family out of the earth. That is the mystery that Paul is talking about here. And he says, guys, the mystery has been revealed in Jesus. There is no further discussion. There is no other blanks to fill in. God has revealed the mystery of who he is, and he has revealed the mystery of his program through Christ. Is anybody glad today that you know Jesus? And in verse three, he says that, that in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That what you need to know is this. You need to know Jesus. That is the highest attainment of knowledge that you can pursue. And, and he says in verse 28, he says, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That is the goal of the leadership of this church is we wanna present you mature in Christ. We want you to grow up in Christ. We want you not, not just to come in and feel goosebumps and, and to like a few songs and then leave unchanged. We want you to come in here and experience the transformation that comes through knowing Jesus, not through knowing me. Come on, this is often where we get off track. Not knowing me, not knowing our church or different things about our church, but knowing Jesus Christ, that is what changes people. That was the goal of Paul's labor. And so my, my first point today is this spiritual maturity is knowing Jesus and becoming more like him. Spiritual maturity is knowing Jesus and becoming more like him. That, that is the goal of everything. What, what will Jesus say to some people on judgment day when they say, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do all these things in your name? What's he gonna say? I never knew you. You knew a lot of things about me, but I never knew you. We wanna, what does it mean to know Jesus? To have a relationship with him. Not just to know facts about him. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you diligently search, search the scriptures, thinking in them that you might find life, but they're pointing to me. He is the substance. We're going to talk about that in a minute. He's the substance of, of everything that points to him. You know, that, that, that uh, Paul said in, in verse 2 of Colossians, he said that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. There is no other secret knowledge you need to have aside from Jesus. There's no deep dive into a particular topic that you need to, aside from Jesus. And so spiritual maturity, it's not knowing certain things and, and uh, knowing certain facts or having more necessarily biblical knowledge. It's knowing what the Bible is talking about, which is a person named Jesus. Genesis 1-1 is talking about Jesus. Revelation 21 is talking about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, Genesis is pointing to Jesus. Revelation's pointing back to Jesus. It's all about Jesus today. Come on, are we in a Jesus church today? 
And Paul, he, he talks about this in Philippians 3. He's telling the Philippian church, he says, look, if you want religious street cred, I'll give it to you. He says in, in uh, verse five, he says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee. He was an expert on the Bible. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under law, I was blameless. But he says this, but whatever gain I had, I count it as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of my surpassing worth of knowing what? Jesus Christ, my Lord. He said, all that religious stuff I did, all the times I read the Bible, it didn't really help me. Why? Because I wasn't seeing Jesus in it. And he says, now I count that all loss to having the capability of no Jesus, my Lord. For this sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. And I know there's some people in here today that you've experienced that too. You've had to leave family. You've had to leave friends. You've had to leave some things behind because one day you, come and you came in contact with Jesus and you knew that if you just had Jesus, that if you just knew Jesus, it would change everything. How many can testify today? That Jesus changes everything. So Paul, he wants those under his teaching to follow Jesus, to lead other people to Jesus. And this is a biblical progression of maturity. And I just wanna give a, a little uh, shout out right now. Uh, an advertisement, we're doing a discipleship intensive and we want everybody that comes through the doors of Christ Tabernacle calls this church home to go through the discipleship intensive. We do it every year and that's March 11th, uh, the 18th and the 25th at 9 a.m. That's a Saturday. We're gonna be meeting out here in our new lobby space, which by the way, isn't that a great space? Doesn't that look great? And we're gonna put that to use and we're gonna do some really spiritual things like eat donuts and coffee and then dig into the word. But here, here's what I want you to, to know. If you're here today, you're like, Pastor, I did that last year. Let me, let me show you what spiritual maturity is. Spiritual maturity is, okay, I, I did that last year. This year, I'm taking someone with me. I'm gonna find somebody maybe that's new in the church and say, hey, come with me one of those Saturdays. And we're not just gonna be feeding you biblical facts. We, we wanna feed you Jesus. We wanna give you Jesus. And, and, and it, it takes people to bring people to Jesus. I mean, I, I love these kids over, over here today. After church today, after church today, we're gonna go get some Mexicans. Somebody praise God for that. Somebody put on... Uh, Somebody put on Facebook not too long ago, I've never seen someone mad in a Mexican restaurant. And that is so true. <laughs> you need Jesus, but you also need a good Mexican restaurant to mix in every, every once in a while. But I wanna point some people out. I wanna point out some people have made sure that these kids have got, uh, have uh, made themselves to a place where they can find Jesus. And there's, there's two heroes right here, the sis. Come on, can we give them a hand? They don't require a lot of attention. Some of you may not even know who they are, but they have faithfully served God for decades. 
And, and you can just bank on it. They're going to be in this pew, whether it's Sunday or Wednesday night, and, and you don't hear a lot from them, but so many times they, they are just so supportive of different things. And they make sure these kids sometimes that they have a ride, that they get different things that they need. Come on, can we honor them today? Can we honor these great saints of God? This is what maturity looks like. Thank you. Don't get embarrassed, you deserve it. And I, I wanna point somebody else out today. This is uh, Colleen Hinton right here. And uh, she heard that these kids needed Bibles. So she went out and she bought as many Bibles as she could. Can, can we honor her for that? Make sure they had a word of God in their life. Thank you, thank you. And I wanna honor Dave and Nick, Nikki Goatley. They've paid for meals. They've provided transportation. They've uh, done whatever needs to do to, to, to help this group. And I love and appreciate them so much. Thank you, Dave and Nikki. And of course, Tommy and Stephanie, and I could name so many other people and I, I, I'm sorry if I'm missing somebody, but on behalf of our church, we wanna thank you for making sure that people get to Jesus, that people get to experience the presence of God. That's what our church is all about. And, and it's working, it's working out. Now guys, I, I debated whether I was gonna work this in my sermon, but I'm gonna say it. And, and uh, you're getting good feedback at your school. Do you know that? Somebody from this church was talking to a teacher in Pena and they said, what is going on with those group of kids? They said that their behavior has totally changed, that, that, uh, that they're just you know, being great students and we're not hearing some of the stuff we used to hear. It's okay, that's all under the blood, guys. And I'm just telling you that, let your light shine. After, before I baptize every one of you, I pray, Lord, let their light shine. Let them be a light, God. Let them be salt in the earth. Why? Because we've got to share this knowledge of Jesus. We've got to share this one God who has come and redeemed us and saved us. That's what it's all about. Can I get an amen in the house today? And if one of you want to take them out to Mexican next week, I'm sure they won't say no. Come on. So, can I get an amen over there? Maybe even work in a Panther special at Pizza Man. Well, I don't think they're picky. And so, just, just to start, the baseline today is it's all about knowing Jesus. Everything works out of that. Everything flows out of that. Before we get baptized, we start with Jesus. We, we, we get baptized in the context of Jesus. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. But, and, and he shifts direction here, and I'm gonna kind of skip through uh, some parts of chapter two. But he, there was a problem in that th these teachers were saying, yeah, Jesus is good, but. Or yeah, that, that's okay, the cross is good, but you know, let's talk about this. And so he handles this in verse six, he says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him, 
and establishing the faith, just as you were taught abounding with thanksgiving. What's thanksgiving? It's what we just did, it's praise. It's lifting up your, life, your hands and saying, all my life you have been faithful. Come on, I should be on the praise team. Jonathan put me on the schedule for next week. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive. He's like, hey guys, stay rooted and built in Christ. Why? Because there's gonna be people that try to take you captive with philosophy and empty deceit according to what? Human tradition. According to the elemental spirits of this world and not according to Christ. And he skips down in verse 16, he says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Now I want you to catch this. He says, these are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. We're gonna come back to this in a minute. Verse 18, he says, let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism or worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason and by his sensuous mind and holding not fast to the head from whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through his joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. He says, if you wanna grow up in Christ, you've gotta be connected to Jesus. That's what it's all about. And if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as you were still alive in the world, do you submit to its regulations? And the regulations that these teachers or this group were saying, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom and promoting self-made religion and asceticism. I have a tough time with that. Y'all know what, you see it. And (laughs) severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. The second thing I wanna tell us today is this. Don't accept false substitutes of knowing Jesus regardless of how spiritual they appear. So here's what it looks like this group was doing. It was like, yeah, Jesus is good, but what you really need to do is a deep dive study on angels. And if you could understand angels better, boy, you would really be spiritual. And Paul's saying, nah, he's saying, you don't get any better than Jesus. Now, if you want to do a deep dive study of angels after Jesus, go for it. But we start with Jesus. Angels aren't the missing piece. Jesus is the missing piece. And I'm all for angels. Love angels. And here's what he says. These false teachers, they, they promote themselves and they create these little cliques and they think they have a deeper knowledge than everybody else. And here's, here's what I want to say today is that there's anybody in this room that loves the knowledge of the word of God you're gonna have a tough time finding someone and it'll probably be bishop (laughs) but finding somebody that has a a deeper desire to understand the word of God than me but here's what we got to understand we got to be careful that as Paul says that we don't get caught up in the things that are pointing to Jesus rather than the substance itself which is Jesus Amen. amen And that's what these people were doing. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul says this. He says that uh, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. 
I've known a lot of people that they got puffed up with what they knew. And they got so caught up in things, I, I see that the more diplomas they get, the more initials they get after their name, the less consecrated they are to Jesus. Because they've become consecrated to studying about him more than knowing the substance, which is Jesus. So the more we get to know, we wanna make sure that that knowledge is translating to me loving Jesus. To knowing Jesus, is this okay today? So there, there, there's three things that false teachers will sometimes do, it's three lines that they'll use, and that, that number one is this, think this. Think this, well, you, I know you love Jesus, but if you would really do a deep dive study with me on end time events, I would, unleak, I would unlock the keys to the book of Revelation. Which by the way, good luck. And I've known people that they get so fired up about Revelation. Matter of fact, they get so fired up about Jesus coming back, I think they're gonna be disappointed when he comes back because their quest is over. Come on, anybody ever known people that they're not interested in living for God, but man, you talk about the book of Revelation, they start seeing black helicopters and they can talk to you about all the things, the mark of the beast is this and that, have no uh, desire to go to church, have no desire to actually live like Jesus, but man, they get worked up about the book of Revelation and Jesus coming back. And, and here's what I was say, they're missing the point. That's the form, the substance is Jesus. What, what's the point of knowing all the different cues and keys of Revelation if you don't know the topic of the book of Revelation, which is Jesus. Jesus. And so we, we gotta be careful. I, I knew somebody that they, they always had a little group. This guy always had a little group and, and they would sit in corners of the church and whisper. And if you weren't in the group, they would stop whispering and they would, I heard one of them say, well, I don't think he's ready for that. The greatest thing that we can talk about is Jesus. We don't need to split off into little corners and you know, have a little super spiritual clubs. If it's not better than Jesus, it's not worth dividing over. It's not worth splitting over. And so think this, and this often comes in rationalism. And then they often say, do this. And this comes in the form of legalism. And again, this is often good things these are things that we need to do, but they put the cart before the horse. Where the tradition becomes more important than Jesus. Where the act becomes more important than Jesus. Uh, obeying the, the rule becomes more important than Jesus. And how many knows that we don't get good to get God? We get Jesus and then he makes us good. He puts a love of God in our heart. And so we've got to always remember that, that this is about Jesus. And we can get trapped in this type of thinking. And then the next is mysticism. And it says, feel this. Like, oh, you mean you're not regularly having prophetic dreams at night? There must be something wrong with you. Uh, you haven't ever 
given a tongues and interpretation at church? Well, there must, you must not be spiritual. You've never seen an angel. You must not be spiritual. You've never seen a demon. You must not be spiritual. And, and I'm, I'm for all those things. I, 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 God has given me in my lifetime, I think two or three prophetic dreams. They are few and far between. But I thank God every time he gives me one. But if I haven't had one this month, that doesn't mean my relationship with Jesus is in jeopardy. How many of those at goosebumps come and go? When I'm not feeling the goosebumps, I can still know Jesus. I still trust Jesus. When I'm not feeling him in worship like I always do, I still put my faith in God is still on the throne. Jesus is still great. The goosebumps will come back. I just gotta stay faithful and rooted and grounded in what I know about him. And so we gotta be careful. And this is how people get off track. So when we take one aspect of church God, whatever it is, and we make that more important than Jesus. Galatians chapter three, Paul is dealing with this. And in the early church, they had a real issue where people were putting different things in the Old Testament law more important than Jesus. And people, Gentiles, non-Jewish people were coming into the church and they were getting baptized and Here's what would happen, like in the book of Colossians, there would be these God's little helpers that would pull them aside and say, okay, your baptism, that was great. We're glad you got filled with the Spirit, but what you really need to do is get circumcised. I just heard someone whisper, ouch, I heard that. I just wanna put that on record. (laughs) Come on, how many is thankful for the blood of Jesus that nullifies? And we see here in Colossians 2, around verse 16, what these teachers were saying is that what you really need to do is celebrate the Passover meal. And you need to eat the right Jewish foods at the right time. You need to celebrate the Jewish holidays. And Jesus says, uh, Paul says, no, no, no. Jesus fulfills all that. He is the substance of what that was pointing to. And so these people in Galatians, they were being pulled aside and saying, you know, we're we're glad that you got baptized, but we're going to need you to become like us. We're going to need you to become Jewish. And Paul blows that out of the water because the, the problem with that theology is this is that that is greater than what Jesus did on the cross. And if that's greater than what Jesus did on the cross, why get baptized? Why even believe in Jesus anyway? If if you can be saved by what you can do, and if we all just do the right things, where is the need for Jesus? And Paul is again saying the same thing. He's saying, guys, Jesus is the substance of all that. Jesus is what all that was pointing to. And so we start with Jesus. And Paul says in Galatians, he says, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or with hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the spirit that you are now being perfected? Why? By the flesh. What's the flesh? I can do this. The flesh says, if I just memorize enough scriptures, if I just study the Bible enough, I don't need Jesus anymore. If I just do all the right external stuff, and if I just uh, do, 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 I can work my way. And Paul says, no, he said, guys, you came into church. Half of you were probably addicted to drugs. Some of you were probably half drunk, but you heard a preacher and how you had faith. And what? You had faith in Jesus and he filled you with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't that you were at a such great place 
and had your act together, but he took you the way you were. And what'd you have? He says, you received the Holy Spirit by the hearing of faith. Hearing with faith. What is faith? Somebody telling you who Jesus is. Somebody telling you what Jesus did. And one night a preacher is preaching and you say, you know what, I think I believe that. And they give an altar call and you lift up your hands and God does something miraculous in your life. Why? Because it was just a simple reaction to who Jesus is. And here's, here's how we grow up in Christ. Is I have security because I know who Jesus is. I have security because I was baptized into his name. And so the things that I do, I do out of a spiritual maturity of acceptance, not fear. Come on, somebody. I do because I wanna please him from a position of acceptance. And so I wanna go back to verse nine, and he says this. For in the whole, for in him, one of my favorite scriptures of the Bible, for in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. That in that man, Jesus, was the fullness of God. All of who God is dwelled in Jesus bodily. And you have been filled. And here's what I want us to do. Every time, I want us to start over. Go back to verse nine, Brian. Every time we see a reference to Jesus, I want you to read it. All right, so we ready? For in him, the whole fullness of the uh, deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Verse 11, in him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, but by putting off of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised through the faith and the powerful working of God who raised and you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. But God has made us alive together and has forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. What? in him. Come on, somebody thank Jesus for what he did. And so I'm filled. Why? Because all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. I don't need to celebrate Passover anymore. I don't have to have a perfect understanding of end time events. I don't have to have a prophetic dream every night. And get this, really shocking stuff. I can even have a bad day. Why? In him. With him. He did it. He fulfilled it. He saved me. In my struggles, I'm in him. And and I want you to see, Paul says, no, 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 we're not doing this circumcision thing anymore. Why? Because when we went into the waters of baptism, he did a spiritual circumcision on our hearts. 
And that's why our baptism is so important. That's why we've got to live with the memory and the power of our baptism. Greg, that's why, uh, Greg, we're kind of dark over here today. I think we've got a light out. But Greg, I want you to know that on the worst day of your life, you go back to your baptism. I'm buried with him. I'm raised together with him. Why? Because God did something when I responded in faith and I went to the waters of baptism. And so number three, our baptism into Jesus was powerful and it's still effective. Somebody needs to shout about that. Our baptism into Jesus. That's why we make a big deal about baptism around here. Because when somebody tries to pull you aside, say, what you really need is this. Or when somebody tries to discourage us, when life tries to beat me down, I say, no, 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 I've been baptized and I've been buried with him. I've been raised with him. He is in control of my life. He is the Lord of my life. He is the one that is filling me. Why? Because all of the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in Jesus. You can't improve on it. You can't do better than that. There's no class that you can teach to do better than Jesus. Jesus is all. Jesus is everything. Jesus fills everything. He is the final answer. He is the substance. He's what you've been praying for. He's what you've been looking for. He is everything. If you believe that, can you stand to your feet right now and give God praise? Come on, let's praise him that we have this truth today. Somebody thank God that out of 7 billion people, you know who Jesus is. You know that he is high above every throne, ruling and reigning. He's sustaining us today. So our musicians will come. Today, I want us to live in that reality today. And some of you, sometime this week, when you're going through something, you need to flip back to Colossians chapter 2. You need to mark every time it says in him, with him. I am complete in him. And he finishes that text that we just read. And he says, you were dead in your trespasses. Verse 13. And the uncircumcision of your flesh. In other words, you were lost. But God, what? He made us alive together having forgiven us all of our trespasses. Jesus did that. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, no way we could ever pay it back. And here's the truth of the matter. You can't ever know enough. You can't ever do enough. You can't ever respond enough. But Jesus did it first. And because all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily, it has power and effect still today. This, it says, he set aside, nailing it to the cross. You know, at a cross, and I'm sure you've seen pictures, when they crucified somebody, they would put a placard above their head that said what they were guilty of, what they were, thief, liar, murderer, Go on down the line. 
And what this is saying is this. Jesus took our placard and he nailed it to the cross. And he took our place. And he canceled the record of debt that we owe today. Come on, somebody, this is the gospel. And he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame, triumphing over them in him, in himself. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So if there's anybody here today, you're wondering why are they singing about free to run? Why are they doing that? Why do they take all that time to do all that stuff? It's because of that verse right there. We were once lost, but now we're found. We were once bound, now we're free. So so you ready? I can save you, you know, in Scientology, you got to spend tens of thousands of dollars to learn the secret. Anybody read about that? They put you on a boat. Y'all, we are not going to do that. Unless the name of the boat is Carnival. Then I might go. I'm going to give you two minutes, what you need to know. You ready? There's a God named Jesus who created you. We walked away from him. Every rotten one of us has walked away from him. There is none that is good. We've sinned against him. He came in our place because he was completely God, completely man, and completely perfect. When that blood he shed, it satisfied the wrath of God. And when we put our faith in him, we have access to God. And what do we do? We, we believe in him and we repent. What's that mean? It means, said, I'm done being me. I'm done trying to be in control. I wanna live for Jesus. I want him to be Lord of my life. I want him to set me free. I'm not just repenting to make myself feel better, but I, I want to be right with God. That's repentance. I wanna be right with God. And when we do that, we do what Paul talks about in Colossians. We're buried with him in baptism. There's a, a spiritual thing that happens in baptism when we respond to what God said to do. And then he's promised to fill us with his spirit. He personally resides in our heart. You say, I, I don't know if I could, I'm good enough to live like that. You know what? The Holy Ghost will help you live this life there I just saved you a boat ride I just saved you tens of thousands of dollars in courses that's that's the basic facts about Jesus you need to know so come on I wonder if everyone in this room could respond and let's lift up our hands Lord we thank you God